This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the largest woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. At Frazier, we specialize in changing behaviors. And that means changing behaviors to get people to do pro-social behaviors, as we're doing with our COVID-19 campaigns, to inform people of the importance of wearing masks, social distancing, and careful and regular hand washing. But it also means uh, helping with causes such as First Five California, where we educate parents about the importance of talking, reading, and singing to their children to help with their brain development and to help close the achievement gap. At Frazier Communications, we develop fully integrated campaigns across the state and across the nation for clients like Hyundai and Lexus. But on the, Lex, on the current show, My Deciders, we like to feature leaders in their fields, change agents, and sources of information that can help you make better informed choices as business people in your community. We ask people to share their stories and reveal impact they've had in the culture they're a part of and in their society. The most situation that we're dealing with right now, the most brutal murders and protests that have occurred that have emphasized Black Lives Matter and how important it is to look at racial justice in our United States. These recent incidents have opened our eyes and have opened our wallets. In fact, Americans have given over $4 billion since the terrible tragedy of George Floyd's death on May 25th, 2020. But how do we know where all of that money is going and how it is being spent? Well, there's an organization that follows this. The organization's name is Candid, a resource that connects people who want to change the world to the information they need. Candid has many data tools for nonprofits and foundations and grants. Their system is the most comprehensive in the world. Our guest today is from Candid, is Michelle Dilworth, the Senior Director of Partnerships at Candid. Michelle, welcome to The Deciders. Thank you. So nice to be here with you. Well, Michelle, I thought we should start with what Candid actually does. You track foundations and donations. Uh, tell us a little bit about where the money, where you get your data, what kind of data people can find on your website. Sure. So, so as you mentioned before, we are an organization that really helps to try to provide insight to the social sector so that it can do the good that it wants to do. There are a lot of different ways where how we get our um, resources and how we get the, the money that we um, track. And most of it is from sources such as um, 990s, which is one of the ways in which a nonprofit, a registered nonprofit must provide information to the federal government. So that is one of the ways and that is the bulk of our information. But also we receive, we, we track information based on how um, you might see information coming in through news sources, 
um, what is being posted on social media, and also just with our partnerships with organizations, they're voluntarily giving us the information in real time. So in situations such as this, when we're tracking important issues such as coronavirus relief, as well as um, information or data and funding going to racial equity movements, we can track it that way as well. Michelle, who are the most likely constituents using your website? So many people use our websites, and it depends on really what what the information they're trying to get to. We have many tools that are focused primarily on nonprofits. So if they're interested in understanding who's funding what, if a nonprofit is looking for information on um, who might be a likely funder for them, we have a product called Foundation Directory Online, where a nonprofit can research who is funding and what are those opportunities that they might be able to take a part of. We also have a database that is really um, showcasing nonprofits and features all the nonprofits that are out there in the world and um, just, you know, basic information on them. So for uh, anyone, either a foundation who is looking to invest in a new organization and or even an individual, our data products will feed into that. So we also feed information into PayPal, Facebook, um, and other places where they would be fundraisers. So the information that you see on those sites are coming directly from Candid. That's interesting. So you, you're a source for uh, uh, vetted information regarding uh, who is giving money as well as uh, the organization. So if I was a uh, a uh, looking to support a nonprofit, your website would be a great resource for me and a place, a platform where people could access information about nonprofits. And then on the other side, people who are writing grants and would like to understand better, how should I target my, my grant request? Who should I talk to? Who should I write to? And what are the uh, requirements? Uh, at least the starting point for that. Is that correct? Yes, that is a good way to describe it. So you reported that the amount of um, funds for racial equity in the last eight weeks have superseded many, many other funds. Uh, I read, I think, $4 billion. Can you put that in context? I mean, sadly, we've been through quite a few disasters here in the United States, and I know people are very generous when those disasters occur, Uh, 9-11, the fires, et cetera. How does the amount of money donated toward racial equity compare to the other issues we've had to deal with it in the last two decades? Sure. We, If you look at the amount of funds that we've been tracking over the many years and the different ways that you might um, de- define a crisis, um, in terms of, I guess, the top at this point, of course, is coronavirus, where we've seen over $12 billion going into um, that issue area. But then the second is racial equity. Uh, and over, as you mentioned, just in a very short period of time, we're now up at around $4 billion. And what is really remarkable about that is within that time period, from May 25th until now, um, that's $3.9 billion. But if you look back to 2008, from when we were starting to track um, along this line, that total was $7.8 billion. So basically, in the past, you know, just a few, six, six, eight weeks, we have actually you know, reached 50% of the total giving since 2008. So it's a huge um, upswing in terms of time. And then after racial equity, yeah, I mean, the next would be um, around the 9-11 attacks. That was around, um, you know, 
you know, that was significantly less as well at around $1 billion. Yes, I think you're seeing people uh, and corporations realizing they want to help and, and in fact, looking to trusted organizations and sources for that help. Uh, tell us what happens to the money. Uh, I think if you look specifically at Canada.org, right, we can see where many of these funds are going. I believe you even have a map on the website. Describe that for us. Sure. So if you go to Canda.org slash um, racial equity, that you will see our, our our page regarding funding for racial equity. And it's divided up into different sections so you can see um, who's funding what, what is the latest news, you know, any special collections we have, any blog posts. And then we come to an area where we have a funding summary. And so what you can see there is the total number of funders giving to this issue area since 2008, the number of recipients the number of grants and the total dollar value. And um, on that, you can do a list view of both the top funders and the top recipients, as well as you can look at um, grants by subject. And then there is also a visualization of this. So you can click on um, that and you can see a map of the United States where you can see all the money that has been given uh, for 2020 to this issue. And then you can drill down to um, different areas and also look at those funders and grants. So let's look at an example. Can you see what, uh, can you tell us some of the organizations that have received the largest amounts of money in the black equity or the racial equity category? So if I look at this right now and um, bring up where we are, I can do a list view and then we can see who the top funders are and the top recipients. And again, the way that we're collecting some of this information is really around um, news announcements and other um, another ways where there might be money pledged, but it's not necessarily we aren't exactly sure at this time and where it, the money is going. So. Um, that takes up the majority of that. But if you keep going down, you can see on this list where the money is going. And most of the ones on the top are um, educational-related organizations. So the first is um, the Student Freedom Initiative, which is an organization that is funding areas of donations to those ma majoring in STEM fields for black colleges right. and universities. Right, right. So people are giving money to help, uh, you know, affect people's lives in trying to uh, affect uh, racial equity and, and hopefully changing that through young people that are getting educated in fields where we need more diversity for certain. Do you also show what corporations are giving? I know that's when you look at the press releases, every time a, a corporation gives a large sum, they send out a press release and you gather that information. What, what are some of the gifting patterns of some of the biggest companies here in America? Well, we're definitely seeing a rise in corporations giving to this issue. Um, well, in the past, I would say it hasn't been one of the primary, they haven't been one of the primary funders to work on this issue in terms of racial justice. Um, we do know from our data that less than 6% of grants awarded for racial equity came from corporate foundations or corporate giving foundations prior to 2020. And now as we track in 2020, about 86% of the dollars that we have tracked has, has, been, um, has been pledged by uh, corporate foundations. So people and are diverting their funds into the yeah. black equity issues, which is great. You know, I think there really has been a sea change since uh, the uh, racial issues have been brought to the fore with the sad death of George Floyd. I know there was a poll conducted recently 
uh, by, it was reported in the New York Times, and the polling was striking. 60% of Americans, including a majority of white people, uh, said in this poll was conducted by CBS News, and it was done last month. Uh, we know the death occurred on, on, uh, on uh, May, 5th, May 25th, unfortunately, so it was conducted in June. But the 60% of Americans indicated that they support ideas promoted by Black Lives Matter movement. We've not seen 60% supporting that in the past, and that's a, a real st- strong shift. And almost as large a majority support a national health plan. Uh, 80% of people indicated that they favored higher taxes on the rich to reduce poverty in America. And actually, that's even 89%. So I think there's a consciousness that's changed in terms of people's willingness uh, to fund and to help rectify this problem in a, in a sustainable fashion. Now, when people go to, uh, going back to the, uh, the website, the foundation directory also gives people uh, an opportunity to, to find out where they, if they're a nonprofit, where they might go for funding, right? And how many um, foundations are covered on the website? So this is, um, it's, the, the, it's a web-based tool, um, not a website. So it is a subscription based to get to some level of data, but just to see the, the full overall, we have over 140,000 foundations um, listed within this, within the database. So got we have it. quite and a many, few foundations. Many. Got it, got it. And lots of grants. Um, are the requests for proposals listed uh, on the site? And is that part of the subscription-based model? Um, yeah, yes, we, but we also provide requests for proposals for organizations for free. We, we do um, a, you can subscribe to our um, RSS feed, and when we have new uh, requests for proposals coming in, you will get an email, et cetera, to show. So that is a, f- a free part of our site. Excellent. Well, you know, having been on the, so I was on the Red Cross board, and I am very impressed with the philanthropy of people in, uh, I'm in the Red Cross board for a Southern California region. We see uh, funds pour in when we have fires and other serious disasters. And in the case of what's happened with COVID-19 and the racial injustice awareness that's happening, the Red Cross stepped in to give meals to children in schools. They've served over 40 million meals. Uh, since about the same time period, since uh, 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 April 1st of this year. So you see people giving in so many ways, right? It can be money. It can be their time. It can be their treasure in terms of their knowledge as well. And uh, I think it's impressive to see how how many opportunities there are for funding. I'm delighted that you're a resource for people to go to when they're looking for resources in their community. Um, when people are thinking about donating, uh what advice you give to people about helping them donate wisely and what the criteria should be as they did. Uh, you, you obviously come from a, a foundation background. Those are organizations that give lots of money out to uh, often grassroots organizations and different community-based organizations. But I know that many of our listeners want to donate as well to make a difference. And what advice would you give them? Uh, so we, we have a couple of couple of steps are for better giving that we um, have published and we want to share with others. Um, the first that we feel is important is that if you're, if you are donating of your, 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 your time, talent funds, 
certain things should be aligned. And one, of course, is your values. So I think it's important that folks listen to themselves and to listen to their hearts as to where their values are and what types of charities you would want to support. And also to think about it, are you looking to fund grassroots or are you looking to fund a larger organization such as the Red Cross? Um, is, you know, is it a startup or is it an established organization? Are you looking to affect change at the local level, national level, or the international level? So really clarify what you're looking for. And then also to understand um, who this nonprofit might be. Do, or do they have a mission that is easy to understand and does it align with your own principles and beliefs? Um, we also think you should dig a little further. Um, you know, a nice slick web page is great. And we should all have them because those are our calling cards of the 21st century, but also to dig a little deeper and look to see um, if you can get any ideas about how they're doing, what their, their, their um, impact has been so far, what results can they tout, um, and are they pretty transparent in terms of their leadership and how that goes. Um, also, just check to make sure that they are indeed a nonprofit and that they are a tax exempt organization um, from which you can, you know, provide money to. And you can do that either on GuideStar, which is our product, as well as you can see and look for an IRS letter of determination. And then also just trust your instincts. If it seems like the right fit, that's great. But if it, if you have concerns or have questions about that, that nonprofit, check them out, give them a call, or do a little more due diligence. I know one of the questions people usually ask when they're considering donating to an organization is the proportion of dollars that go direct to service versus use for overhead. And mm-hmm. uh, I know having been on the board, we strive to to get uh, the overhead factor down to 20% or below and make sure as much money goes out to services as possible. I, I'm also familiar with GuideStar as a way of evaluating uh, nonprofits and but I'm sure many of our listeners are not. Could you explain what GuideStar does and how people can access it? Sure. Um, I will um, just touch briefly, if that's okay with you, on the overhead idea. Uh Um, There is, you know, certainly that has been a standard for some time as to how to ensure efficiency, but there is an effort and a movement going on right now to – kind of tackle that overhead myth, if you will. Depending on the type of nonprofit, overhead is really important. And so what we try to say is don't, that is not necessarily the metric one should look at in terms of deciding, because some, if you're looking at a medical research um, nonprofit, for instance, their overhead is going to be much higher The lab equipment, that sort of information, that sort of um, tool, that's certainly going to be a bigger drain on their, their, their overhead, but it doesn't mean they're not doing good work. So again, to look at it, the overall picture is what we say, and then not necessarily um, a number, especially that number, because depending on the nonprofit, it can change. Certainly you're looking for an efficiently run organization and you right. can see that through their, their sites and, you know, what, it, what is the impact they're having? Can they point to that impact? Can they, what is the, the quote, you know, the proof is in the pudding and what is the pudding? What, what makes that up and, and how are they, are they, are they meeting their mission and do they have, um, can you can you point to what they're actually doing to meet that mission? Yeah, Michelle, we, we work with a number of nonprofits, and you're absolutely right. What's the return on investment? What's the impact? How many lives are, are well, in some cases, how many people are affected? And uh, 
I know, for example, with the Red Cross, they have a program for installing fire alarms in low-income housing because, unfortunately, house fires are very common. So you want to know where your money goes. I, the, the, the question of overhead comes up primarily in service organizations where they're providing a service to people. Uh, and uh, they want to make sure that uh, the services are being done in a really efficient manner, as you said. But tell us about all the criteria that are taken into account with GuideStar. Sure. So guidestar.org, if you go to that um, site, this this is our place where you can go and see where, um, you know, a profile of an organization. Again, a lot of this information we get from an organization's 990 that they file directly. But what we've really done and what we've tried to do with GuideStar is not just to be um, an organ, a place to just download the data of the information there, but also to provide the opportunity for a nonprofit to tell their own story. Um, you know, there are tried and true brands, but there's also grassroots movement nonprofits that are out there that might not necessarily have the visibility of a larger organization. And what we want to do is provide a way for um, organizations to tell their own story and to actually actively um, work on showing their transparency on how they work. So we have a, a, a seal system where we actively work with nonprofits and we actually actively show where they are on our seal level. So one, have you claimed your profile? So you're, are you active um, organizations? We might have your 990, but have you yourself claimed that profile? And then depending on the information you provide, you can go from bronze up to platinum level. Um, at the platinum level, that's when we're talking about outcomes um, and are they stated measurable ways for folks to be actually telling what they're, they're looking at, um, you know, if they're actually doing what they're saying they're doing, um, and that sort of information comes to that level. Right. I believe you have a star system, right? It's called GuideStar. Yes. And yeah, you have so a, it's GuideStar, it, yeah. And they're different seals. So, um, so that's what we call it. We call it the seal of transparency. Um, and research has shown that if you have a seal of transparency on GuideStar, as you go up on that seal, there has actually been proven that, um, you know, those are the types of organizations that actually get um, more contributions. I think on average, I believe it's 53% more in contributions um, to, from those that don't earn a seal. So it is a way for a nonprofit to tell their own story. Again, there are different ways that this information gets distributed, you know, Amazon Smile, Facebook, Network for, Get, for Good, Just Give, Volunteer Match. These are a lot of giving platforms out there, and um, they use this data. So, again, it's a way for an organization to tell their own stories. Um, you know, Fidelity Charitable and others also use this information. So, for all those um, donor-advised funds that everyone is trying to unlock, this is a way that a lot of the donor-advised funds um, administrators use to find nonprofits to give um, funds to. Yeah, what, what Michelle is thinking about is if someone has a large sum of money or, for instance, you get an inheritance and you want to donate it, there are organizations under which you can put your funds and then they will help you to select where the, uh, where the funds go and to help manage uh, the process of delivering the funds. Uh, and uh, donor advised funds are uh, just certainly another way to go with large sums of money. But I wanted to, I think, close in talking about Facebook and social media because it's such an important force in today's world. I myself have done a couple of campaigns on Facebook, 
<clears throat> to donate, and that's very popular. Many of you listeners have, uh, when a birthday comes up, Facebook gives you the opportunity to ask your friends and colleagues for funds to an organization, and they have a large database. You type in the name, and they have information about a nonprofit to which people can donate funds, and they handle the entire process, from what I can tell, where people make a donation, it goes through, and it's given to the organization. Uh, you mentioned that you work with them, or Candid does. Can you talk about that relationship and how you, what you see being done in Facebook giving uh, programs? Sure. I mean, what, the relationship that we have is, again, they are, uh, they are a licensor of our data. So we provide data sets for them to feed their, their fundraising apparatus. So when you go to that, let's say it's your birthday and you want to um, start a, fundraise, a Facebook fundraiser for a particular organization, the profiles that are brought up are those that um, are coming directly from GuideStar. So all of those, all that information on who that nonprofit is, what do they do, what are their outcomes, it's all of that information is coming directly from GuideStar. So it's just a relationship of being able to provide that data so that um, those who are looking to give uh, or to start a fundraiser have the information they need as to who they would want to select for that purpose. So, Michelle, as we close the show, is there any piece of advice you'd like to give to people who are either donors or nonprofit organizations as they face this challenging time that we're in? I think it goes back to, again, aligning what you're trying to do with your values. And, again, you know, you can look at a lot of the reports that are out there that, you know, you might not feel like you're (laughs) a Bill Gates or something like that, but, you know, collective impact is huge and giving what you can to the causes you care about is one way for you to help make change. It's certainly not the only way to give make change. Certainly getting involved in organizations that that are around you that um, you know you can volunteer with and help move some of those their their efforts forward is another way to do it. But um, you, I think those you are know, all good ways. Yes, yeah. those are all good ways for people to give back. Thank you very much for sharing. This has been Michelle Dilworth from Candid, a wonderful web tool for you to go to if you're thinking of donating or if you're a nonprofit looking for funding. Thank you for listening to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. As you know, Renee Frazier is CEO of Frazier Communications, a full-service advertising communications firm. Contact us at FraserCommunications.com to learn more. And you can listen to this podcast at FraserCommunications.com. Have a great week ahead. Please stay well and stay safe. This is a message from Dr. Barbara Ferrer of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. When you're with others who are not from your household, wear a cloth face covering. Always make sure your hands are clean before and after you touch your face covering. And wear a clean cloth face covering every day. Learn more at publichealth.lacounty.gov. To learn more about how you can protect yourself from COVID-19, go to publichealth.lacounty.gov. Brought to you by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. 